America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, it's Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Frank. And that means it is time for a little Ask Frank Anything. Whatever you have questions about, now is the time to ask them. You can start dialing in right now. Just please make them good, make them creative, make them interesting, make them different. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. I am really watching what is going on in Albany this legislative session because you remember during the pandemic when they allowed outdoor cocktails, to-go cocktails, basically. You can go to a bar and order a drink to go. Well, they extended that after the pandemic, and now it's about to expire. But Governor Kathy Hochul wants to make it permanent, which I think is really interesting and I think makes a lot of sense. New York could become the 21st state to permanently allow bars and restaurants to sell to-go cocktails if Governor Kathy Hochul gets her way. The governor is proposing a permanent extension of the state's current alcohol law, the to-go alcohol law, which expires next year. And this is part of a series of amendments to her $233 billion budget proposal. Again, I don't know that the appropriate place for this is the budget, but unfortunately, in both Democratic and Republican administrations, the budget has become sort of a catch-all policy document. I think this is long overdue. We need to permanently legalize to-go drinks. And I have seen so many bar owners, so many restaurant owners struggle just to keep their lights on, just to stay in business. And this would provide a vital lifeline if they're able to keep doing this. Now, I recognize not all small businesses are for this. I know the liquor stores are dead set against this. The liquor stores still get to enjoy a monopoly, at least for now, on selling wine. Supermarkets, unlike in New Jersey, supermarkets can't sell wine. So the liquor stores have their special carve-outs as well. Why not give the people the opportunity to order a to-go cocktail and take one for the road? I think this is a great idea, and I applaud the governor for moving forward with it. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I will tell you, I think there is a strong case to be made that Eric Adams' administration is maybe the least transparent administration since, I don't know, Jimmy Walker. Because every day there is something different with this team of misfits. And senior officials in Mayor Adams' administration, including NYPD Commissioner Edward Caban and International Affairs Czar Edward Mermelstein, 
have traveled to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, earlier this week for a global summit. And City Hall is declining to say how their trip was paid for or who they met with. What? What? The police commissioner and another senior administration official go to the UAE and you can't even tell us who paid for their trip and who they met with? Now, Kaban's attendance at the Global Government Summit in Dubai was first disclosed on Monday in a memo issued by the Emirati's government. That's the only reason we know about it. The government-run news agency there that also revealed that Joel Eisdorfer, a senior advisor to Adams at City Hall, tagged along with the commissioner. Why won't they tell us who paid for this trip? Why won't they tell us what they did there? Was this official city business? Or were they just going there for kicks and giggles? That's what I'd like to know. I think we all have to question. And look, I, I've praised the mayor when he's done good things. I don't think I've been unfair to him at all. But I think we all have to question, why won't they just tell us who paid for this trip? I suspect that the reason they won't tell us who paid for this trip is because they fear most New Yorkers would not like the answer. All the more reason that we have a right to know who paid for this trip and who these guys met with when they were in the UAE. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, it finally happened. New York's Independent Redistricting Commission did something that we have not been able to say for years, literally. They approved new maps for the state's 26-member congressional delegation yesterday. Now the maps are due to be voted on by the Democratic-dominated state legislature by the end of the month. And a ferocious scramble of lobbying by those who didn't get what they had hoped for has already begun. The first statement came from State Senator James Scoofus half an hour before the commission began to meet. Scoofus, who's been rumored to be weighing a congressional run at some point this decade, attacked the shifts that boosted Republican Congressman Mark Molinaro and Democratic Congressman Pat Ryan. He said the most meaningful edit to the map sacrifices Orange County at the altar of partisanship, splitting the currently unified county into two congressional districts in an attempt to protect one incumbent from each party. These maps are a disgrace and ought to be rejected by the legislature. And Scoofus is a well-respected Democratic member of the state Senate, so maybe he'll have some juice in voting these maps down. Here was the chairman of the redistricting commission, Ken Jenkins, on the process. The process was not without its challenges, but I am proud to say that we have worked cooperatively and collaboratively to address those challenges. I have to tell you, I think these maps are pretty good. I think given what we had come to fear in terms of redistricting, given one party in control of all both houses of the legislature and the governorship and now the Court of Appeals, I thought we were in store for a much worse gerrymander. But in essence, these maps are largely the same as the maps that were voted upon two years ago. And some people said those maps favored Republicans. No, those maps were competitive districts that Democrats can win and Republicans can win. That's a win for democracy. I'm going to be eager to see what they come up with in terms of the state Senate maps as well. But uh, I think this is 
is a positive. And I know some Democrats and some Republicans disagree, but mostly those are Democrats and Republicans who had interests of running for one of these congressional seats and now see those plans upended. I think this is a pretty good map. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I've been very critical of these social media platforms, which I realize is somewhat ironic and somewhat hypocritical since I'm on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Frank Morano and on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Morano fan. But I recognize the damage that these social media companies do to not just adults, but especially to children, where it plays a very deleterious role on their mental health. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has decided to do something about it. He has filed a lawsuit against TikTok, Meta, Snap, and Google's YouTube to hold the companies accountable for fueling the nationwide youth mental health crisis. So this lawsuit, which was filed in California by the city of New York, alleges that companies intentionally manipulate and addict younger users keeping them on their platform. The lawsuit contains three counts per New York state laws, negligence, gross negligence, and public nuisance. And the plaintiffs, New York City, are seeking a jury trial, company behavior changes, and financial damages. Such conduct has been a financial burden and crisis for the city, according to the lawsuit, impacting schools, hospitals, and other communities. In a press conference, Adam described New York City teens who are constantly in despair, glued to their phones, and doing poorly in school, and lacking social skills as a result of social media addiction. Here's Mayor Adams. You must have enforceable and agreed-upon standards, not a patchwork of voluntary fixes, ultimately shifts the burden right back to parents, teachers, and young people. In the absence of new federal laws protecting children online, lawsuits aiming to hold tech accountable are growing more prevalent across the country, filed by school districts and groups of parents who say their children were harmed by social media. Obviously, I'm leery of doing anything that is going to curtail free speech. I am a free speech advocate. But I think the mayor may have a point here, and I think he might be doing the right thing by bringing at least a little bit of attention to this lawsuit. I haven't read the lawsuit in full, and I'm not sure how relevant this is to the relevant New York City and New York State laws. But I think this is interesting. I'm eager to see where this goes. I don't think there's any doubt that the product that these social media companies are putting out is addictive. Beam me up! To be continued.